Hello and welcome back to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason Charrington and with me this week is a very special guest, multimedia graphic designer from the Port Adelaide Football Club. It is Josh Blakey. G'day, mate. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you so much for joining me on this Tuesday evening, working late, I believe. Yeah. Always working late, yeah. Especially <laughs> the pointy end of the season. It's uh, yes, it's always nice and busy. Yeah, that's right. You're playing. You guys are playing my mob this weekend. <laughs> yes, we're going to try and take the well, not the points home. We try to take the first win home, and uh, yeah, go back to Adelaide, have a week off, and uh, yeah, let you guys lick your wounds. Hmm, I didn't time this um this episode <laughs> very well, then did I? Or maybe I timed it too well. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, a little think- bit too well. The aim is to um, the aim is to get this out before the game on Saturday. Um, yeah. So yeah, fortunately, we'll, we 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 won't know a response. Hopefully, by the time this goes out, but no, we don't have to ever speak again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's a chance that we could still play in the final, right? Like one loses, you jump across to the other side of the true. table, don't you? Mm. Yep, true. Meet it right at the pointy pointy end. What? Obviously, we know what your heart feels what do you yep. what is your head feel you feel like port adelaide's come good they're going to be um I, in the right think, spot come finals i think so i think we're going to come sneaky up to brisbane like i really do think i don't think i don't think many people are thinking that we're going to win it so i think that's always good spot for port adelaide mindset is against the grain against the tide no one expects it and just get it done and come home the um, underdogs that everyone hates and yeah. actually doesn't cheer for. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's the vibe I get from Port Adelaide all the time. Yeah, you hate us because you hate us you're not us is the, is the motto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I um, I mean, it's, you know, it's the supporters kind of you always go with the worst feelings, oh. right? Like you, you've won at the Gabba all year and you're like, for the last three or four years, we haven't had a good finals record anywhere, let alone at home. Uh, yep. I'm nervous just thinking about it. Yep. I'll be I'll be there, so I might message you after the game and let you know how I'm feeling either way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's put all that aside for now and we can continue that banter a little bit later. Mate, um, why don't you let the listeners know before we jump into the real professional-related stuff, just a bit about yourself. Who is Josh? Uh, so basically massive basketball fan um, out of all my sports. Out of all the sports that I watch is, yeah, basketball is my number one kind of thing. So I'm a massive NBA fan. Loved like the Steve Nash, Amari, Stadamire kind of era, those awful purple Guernseys um, that they used to wear. Um, soccer's not really a big interest for me. Um, I, the world sport, like, I think I was like one of the only people in Australia that didn't watch any of the world cup. Like I feel mm-hmm. terrible for saying that and getting it out there, but it's, yeah, it's just not an interest for me saying that what? I do like their jerseys and stuff. I think it's creative, but the game just doesn't, doesn't it's, excite me. Yeah. I was talking about it with my wife actually, when, um, when the Matildas started playing and it's just a different it's just a different game. Like it's just a different type of sport. Like it's, it's like basketball. I mean, I've played a lot of netball in my time, hockey as well. Um, 
it's just like constant. Like, you know, basketball, you score, it's back the other way, you score. AFL, you score, it's back the other way, you score. Yeah. Whereas, you know, round ball, football, soccer, world game, it's very, it's ve- it's more about the anticipation and the moment before, mm. you know, something happening than it really is about yeah. the the entire game itself. Or Well, that's my perspective anyway. No, that's fair. That's just yeah. fair. And also, I can't believe how much money these people make. Like, it's just ridiculous. Well, I'll I'll put a card on top of your you know controversial card there that yeah. I actually I'll get I'll probably get oh, I, I actually enjoyed watching the women play more than the men as far I, as soccer goes because yeah. there wasn't this drama and carrying on around oh you stood on my ankle or I rolled and you know my head's in the head's in the grass for the next you know two minutes because someone hurt my calf like. They're not these multi-million, billion-dollar properties that require this TLC attention. They're just actually yeah. athletes out there running, you know, trying their hardest, playing sport, trying to get recognised, oh, really. Yeah, actually playing their sport rather than being a business and yeah. playing sport. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was still that business aspect to it, but I guess it just it just wasn't as um, you know, obvious or deep or, you know, not mm. taken as seriously the individuals weren't taking themselves as seriously. Yeah. Um, and, yes, the skill level was a little bit down. Um, the speed was a little bit down. And, you know, you get the same thing in AFLW as well. But I also think that it actually added a different element to the game too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, you know, um, because the skill level was down, it wasn't just as perfect. And sometimes it's it's nice to watch something that's just a little bit more gritty, you know, like on a watch yeah. park. I'm by no means associating, you know, the, the women's soccer yeah. team with football, but, it, it, you know, using that analogy. Yeah. 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 So, okay. yeah, there you go. We've just got our <laughs> <laughs> feelings out about soccer very yeah. early. Um, so yeah. NBA fan, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, massive. Massive, yep. massive fan. So, yeah. Got a How couple did... of Devin Booker guernseys up in the closet somewhere and a Mary Stoudemire. So, yeah, massive. Yep. Okay. So you uh, you do some um, late night uh, streaming and stuff like that for the. I usually during it's usually during the day, which is good. So I can work and sort of have my um, league pass just on the corner and just let it roll and yeah, yeah just go from game to game and find where, where it's close. So it's um, yeah, actually good timing. Yeah. So yeah, works sick. well with my career. So I yeah. must have picked well. <laughs> awesome. What else you got? Um, I know massive, like I'm a nineties kid. So massive Simpsons fan, um, like speaking Simpsons quotes regularly, send emails with Simpsons quotes, starting mm-hmm. to get found out how old I am because the 21 year old social media content people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, the Simpsons, you know, and they're like, the what? <laughs> so, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. They don't even know what the Simpsons is. Oh, like they got, they got an idea, but they're just like it's not funny, and it's like it's hilarious. It's like yeah. our whole, it's like my whole life, like my whole comedy like genre comes yeah, from that. Upbringing. So yeah, yeah. I was so, I was more of a Futurama guy myself than a Simpsons guy, but I you yeah. know, must admit there's still some episodes there that um, you know will, will be there, you know, positively embedded in the back of your brain. A hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. So. Have you got a favourite favorite one-liner or favourite episode of The Simpsons? Uh, oh, you can't go past the, the poison fish when Homer eats the sushi, goes to sushi, 
and oh, it yes. has the poison fish. That's that's like a classic scene for me. I think it's hilarious. Um, is, is that it, the yeah. one, is that the one with uh, Mr. No, that's not the one with Mr. Burns, is it? Where he's all plutonium and they think he's an alien. No, no, no. It's when... Spoilers for anyone from 1996. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, he, they go in and then they, he has to eat the poison fish and then the, the master sushi guy is out the back having a session with the, the offsider and then the apprentice has to cut the, the toxic oh, fish. Yes, I do remember it's, it. Yep. It's, all, it's all inflated and then he just pokes it with the knife. And then, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so classic Simpsons and everyone listening is going, what the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah, but very funny. Uh, I love the one um, Sam. Him, but he just can't <laughs> quite make it. Go, go, little buddy, go. <laughs> and then the video of like the two just Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Um, so, uh, yeah, talking of sandals, will they help out any pets, mate? Uh, yeah, so I have a Dalmatian, but I live mm. in a very small apartment now. Um, so she's not with me. She's 13 years old, so she's on the way out sad enough but um also my partner she's very allergic to the dalmatian so um uh-huh. yeah so the first time they met um my partner was like dry like it was just like couldn't breathe well wow. like yeah and i'm like are you okay and you know when you're just meeting like someone for the first time like kind of stuff and you're yeah. like yeah i'm okay and she was like, was like on the way out like <laughs> i can't breathe i'm like okay Wow, I've never heard of someone allergic to dogs before. Is it just yeah. specifically Dalmatian or, or all dogs? Uh, I think just any like hairy dog. Yeah, I think she has okay. a, yeah. So that was life or death situation. But yeah, she, yeah she's not here, but she's yeah, she'll live yeah. to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so, incredible. Yeah. Um, and so you're an you're an NBA fan. You play yep. basketball or any other sports? Used to play, getting too old now. Knees, angles don't hold up to running up and down a court. So I've retired into the golf scene. Um, yeah, okay. Oh. So, yeah. Just Early graduate. Around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> maybe, maybe too late to actually make the tour, but um, <laughs> yeah. So just doing that and just going to the gym so my pants fit me and things like that. Oh, uh, yeah, hard work. What uh, like, what is what is the common question you get asked in golf? What's your handicap? That's yeah. that's the question everyone asks, right? My, my handicap is my ability, isn't it? That's the answer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I, look, I um, I played hockey for a, a large portion, field hockey that is, for a large yep. portion of my uh, earlier earlier life, and um. I just never was able to shake that the hockey habit of keeping the ball on the ground when you go and play golf. So I very early on when attempting to play golf found that I'll either stick to putt putt or I'll stick to golf. <laughs> this whole time you get trained in hockey to keep the ball on the ground. Yeah. And then and you gotta come into golf it. trying to hit it above. But I must admit, I do un- do understand the appeal of, you know, Sunday morning going out playing golf, not coming home till like, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. I got my exercise, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a social outing and it's just an excuse for yeah. it because you couldn't say you've left the house for six hours, gone drinking to play uh, just any old day. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, um, let's let's, now that we know a bit about you, why don't we dive in a little bit to the professional side of things. So mm-hmm. I mentioned it up top, you're the multimedia graphic designer or according yep. to LinkedIn you are anyway, um, at Port Adelaide Football Club. Uh, yep. So what is that role? 
Uh, basically, it's it's branding. It's living in Photoshop. Uh, it's when you've got the chance and you've got the time. It's animating some different things for commercial briefs and videos and things like that. It's sort of just all in the digital space mainly nowadays. Um, but it also includes doing signage for change rooms. It's pull up banners for your community teams. It's anything that you can see, touch and feel basically is what we do and mm -hmm. keep it on brand. Um, that's probably the, the snappiest way to say it, the elevator picture version of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all, all encompassing, um, all, all, an all encompassing role across the entire spectrum. So yep. you're, you're covering both men and women these days. Yeah, so we've got two designers, so I'm one of, one of two. Um, mm -hmm. I look after mainly the men's space, and then we've got Rachel who looks after our W space. But then we cross over, obviously, different times and different, need different help for different things um, and just different opportunities as well. So like what I'm working on now, I'm working on our Pride Guernsey for next year, which is an opportunity that I get um, to not do. I wouldn't be able to do that in the men's space because it's not uh, around in our season so mm. it's kind of cool just to do something different work in colors other than black white <laughs> teal and silver yeah um and i'm having nightmares already about it and i'm three days in <laughs> I've, already, I've already told rachel that i'm like there's too many colors going on here she's like expand you'll be right so yeah it's um it's good fun it's you get to refresh by jumping into a different brand um we're kind of lucky we run our brand separately so they don't have literally have the same look and feel Mm -hmm. um, they've got some common elements that we keep, um, but it's, yeah, it, it is different. So you can get a bit of a break and jump in into the W space and do something different. And the same Rachel, she jumps into the men's space and does some cool stuff as well. So yeah, it's keeps, keeps things fresh. Yeah. I did, sure. um, I did actually notice that. I think, you know, we did a bit of back and forth earlier on in the year and, um, I did notice that particularly Port Adelaide, um, as opposed to some of the other clubs have made a conscious effort to not streamline the process, I guess, and keep mm. both teams the same. I think at the time we were talking about the women's um, teal-based Guernsey and, you know, I was complimenting you guys on it and um, yeah. you, you, you know, you, your team on it and, um, you know, ask nearly asking the question why aren't the men wearing the, the, the teal base as well. But, you know, you do see a lot of teams who go the complete opposite and, you know, let's save our resources and really cover everything under the, the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred percent. I think, and also I think we're very lucky at Port Adelaide. We've made a very conscious decision to invest in like our W program as well. Mm -hmm. So Rachel's got like years of experience and things like that. And I think sometimes you can look at some other clubs and go, I think the, the graduates got a hand, handle of the AFLW team here. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. We we're putting a lot of we we care about that program, so we're showing that kind of the love for it, um, which is yeah, it's exciting and it's it's cool. It's a, a really cool fresh space as well. Get to do some real untraditional football stuff in it. Related stuff, yeah, yeah. Like the freedom, like you said, with the the pride Guernsey, pride Guernsey, and just being a little bit more creative as well. Um, and the yeah, it's just it's. Like it is still like it is professional at the same time, but it's, it's treated a little bit different. There's a bit more of a casual to it, and the girls are very excited to get involved in sort of these extracurriculum kind of stuff. Which, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, it brings a freshness to it as well. 
Yeah, awesome. I'll um I'll I'll put a pin in I'll put a pin in that because I am interested to know a little bit later what some of those extracurricular things might yeah. be. But um, going back to your role and your responsibilities, do you want to give the listeners an idea of um, what the working week, day, month might look like um, being, you know, as you said, the, I suppose, the the brand champion, the the multimedia designer? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's probably works in cycle, like the year works in more cycles. Um, every week's obviously different different things happen like contracts extensions and all that they're not worked out they're not all worked out at the start of the year kind of thing you can't bank those you can't bank those early um you've got an idea but you, you can't do necessarily things do change in the sporting landscape so it's more cycles and it'd be similar to sort of the apparel industry you're sort of working in in the year for the next year kind of thing um, for sure. as, as well as definitely working in the present um, so working week to week, day to day at times, um, depending where you're at. So yeah, like end of last season, we would have, we finished poorly, but, um, we would have started looking in the same finals period. We probably would have been looking to what our membership campaign looks like, what those fulfillment products look like, um, and then start getting into like best and fairest. It was our first W season. So we had like our sample team, our men's team and our W team had a best and fairest, like it was in one night. So they hand out more than just two awards. So you're, um, that's a lot of assets for mm-hmm. socials in, in the place. You got backdrops and yeah, that's just, that was a massive thing to be happening at the same time as doing membership, which is massive revenue. And very important for the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people don't understand that sometimes of how important a, a membership is to a club. So they, we do spend a lot of time in that space to make sure that everyone's getting value for what they're paying, um, yep. especially especially these days. Like times are tough. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, memberships are a really big part of the previous year. Um, start of the year, we start to sort of look at building what our uh, commercial assets are. So working with our commercial team, mm-hmm. whatever partner it is, um, say they'll say, oh, they've got X, Y, and Z assets that we need to build. They're looking to do this with their brand. How are we going to achieve that whilst it looks in our brand as well? Um, we look at our sponsorship as more of a partnership. So we like to try and integrate our um, partners into the asset itself. So an example would be, MG, we do with them like a player of the game voted by our people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And part of that template is like where we put the like the image of that player is the actual MG badge, just like an outline, just subtle yep. things like that of just, just trying to get that brand recognized, that kind of thing, yep. without going, here's MG, big red logo, see you later. Yeah. Um, so you still, it's it's there's still the full logo on there, or are you literally talking? It's yeah, there's like still the... and it'll still have like presented by, but it's still use yeah. it's trying to use brand their brand assets as well yeah. in different ways to try and link the two brands together. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's what we sort of do at the start of the year, getting sign off on those kinds of things is exactly the same as getting apparel <laughs> done. So you can imagine what that is. 
going through a whole lot of commercial department um, marketing departments on the other side I, going this yeah. is not part of our brand guidelines we can't do this <laughs> yeah tick 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 and then it gets to the last one that goes yeah that's don't like it and things like that and yeah but it's all fun and games and it's it, it does become a bit like riding a bike and you do understand what they're trying to do so as you go you you do build a relationship even though you're not fa- like as a designer you're probably not facing those people on the other side um yeah you, you you can still get a feel of what they want and what they're after just through feedback um feedback's like the biggest indicator of how well you're going with a commercial asset okay um, yeah, yeah. Okay. you better you generally off- know pretty early on whether people are happy with what's yeah <laughs> put out you, or not you're better off with a lot more feedback than just we don't like it when when you're in the the one sentence and it, they're not and it's not we approve you're in trouble so mm-hmm. um yeah you can definitely understand that quickly so that's yeah fun and games yep um yeah and then just right before the season you try and preload as much as you can so if you look through your playing list look at game achievement goal achievements things like that and try and just pre-populate that there's 24 rounds and they've got 26 to go you're probably not going to make that achievement but if you make finals you might so Mm -hmm. yeah so all those kinds of things um and then like different merch items come along with those kind of activations and yeah that's you just try and pre-populate as much as you can because after that once the season starts you're week to week it's um yeah Yep. Board, yeah, that industry. Are you working with other team members as far as those milestone matches or, you know, key indicators from a player performance point of view? Is there a separate yeah. department that you're kind of collaborating with in that or is it really up to you to <laughs> go through the stats and and find everything? Yeah, so like the, the games and the stats and all that, we sort of, I know they're coming so I can take that workload off our social media guys. Um, but that's usually where that kind of stuff comes from but how do you know is it just something because you're a fan of the port adelaide football oh. club that you know or is it is there an well, you, honor board that that you're looking at or yeah is it... sorry yeah it makes sense um no it's 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 sort of that 100 game 100 it's like that afl specific knowledge of when you get to 200 games you acknowledge those kinds of people so you can make those assumptions that we're going yeah. to celebrate i don't think anyone's ever got to 100 games and someone's gone nah we don't need to do anything for them like yeah <laughs> But you, you specifically, you're keeping an eye on the game. You're you're going to Wikipedia or you're going to the the stats guy at Port Adelaide Club and going, hey, can you give me a list? Like you got to start somewhere, right? Like it's oh, not yeah, just yeah. like so. Yeah, just jump that's on. Yeah. You? yeah, so I'll do that. Um, but then there's there can be some weird stats of most disposals at Port Adelaide and that sort of. Our social media guy, Sandboy, he um definitely he's he's a bit of a nuffy for that kind of stuff. So he's always in the trenches, and he will always send me, hey, like in our WhatsApp group, is like, hey, so and so is about to do this if he has twenty disposals. So can we do something cool for that? So yeah, it's okay. kind of a team effort. Um, and yeah, different people dipping up, pick up different things across yeah. the way. So what I'm what I'm trying to dig into here is that it's it's you know, particularly you know from your club's point of view, there's not a designated person or someone in the team that's kind of responsible for maintaining or observing this stuff. It's really the fact that your team is legitimately interested in this stuff that yeah. you're pulling it up and, and searching for it and having it on hand, ready to go. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We're, we're, we're here to celebrate play our players. It's yep. kind of our role. So yeah. 
And and is yeah. there any expectation there from the club that 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 is something that's part of your role as well, or is it really? Uh, I don't. I actually don't. I don't think so. I think it's just we're we're here to do the best we can. Where it's our version of us playing is achieving and providing yeah. something different to our people out there as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the likelihood, you know, let's say for argument's sake, not your club, but there, you know, there could be the likelihood that <laughs> someone could be up to playing 150 games. And if, if someone's not on top of it, the game could just go by and no one's really yeah. going to pick up on it. Or is the AFL going to tap so-and-so on the shoulder or make a post themselves and go, hey, by the way, did you know it's your 250th? <laughs> I mean, 250 oh, yeah. is probably a bigger number, but, you know, maybe like 150 or 100 or 50 or something like I that. I think there's, an, there's enough people at a club that someone will pick it up. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> it would be, I don't think it's ever happened, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, okay, so we talked about at the start of the season, before the season, uh, in season, as week to week goes, what are some of the things that you're working on yeah it can be anything and everything so yeah contract <laughs> announcements can drop out of like i can see contract announcements get made on twitter before we even know about them just through leaks of wow. other people not from our club but from other yeah. managers journos, and journalists journos and, stuff. and all yeah. that kind of stuff and then you see that and then you're quickly on the phone and you're ringing up the media manager and he's like let me confirm and then there he is confirming and then <laughs> and then in 45 minutes you've created six assets to say congratulations yeah um what's the anxiety true. level like that at those times when you first start you're shitting bricks like it yeah it's it's horrifying um, yeah i'm not gonna lie but as, as time goes on you you understand it's a part of the industry it's a part of the business and we look at it a different way. It's like now we look at it like if it if it does break before us, we're just there to confirm the news. It's not true until we come out. So it gives you a little bit more time to produce some proper content for it and things like yeah. that. So, Your, yeah. Yours is like the official stamp of authority, the no. the, the, sig- the actual signature on the document, not just yeah, the rumor mill. <laughs> yeah, not just the tweet. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah. That's yeah, week to week, and then yeah, commercial stuff. You never know when you're going to sign somebody that wants to throw some more extra money into your club, and mm-hmm. got to do this, that, and whatever. Or teams not performing, so partner wants their stuff on some different things, or they want it a different way. They change their their attitude to the asset that's already been produced for them. Um, yeah, it's it's just suck it and see kind of thing. Um, you can yeah. have the best intentions on Monday, but I can guarantee you by Friday, you went and def- definitely have gone a different path than what you thought that week yeah. was going to start and finish. For sure. Um, so you're in finals now, you yep. know, at the start of finals. What is, let's go through this week, you know, what you can and can't disclose, obviously. Um, what does this week look like so far for you? Uh, just tidying up sort of, cause we get that week off between the end of season and finals that we have AFL has a buy. We're sort of in that buy, we're producing final camp, finals campaign, what it's going to look like, the feel of it, what's going to change kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the back end of that, we start changing those assets and this kind of week is now confirming those assets. We've got team selection coming up Thursday. So that asset needs to be done and dusted and, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sort of just builds from now and you get the extra requirements from 
like city council that's like, hey, you're the only Adelaide team in would love to do black, white, deal <laughs> on our building and we can project players on our building and, <laughs> and all, all the things that just come from left field. It's just like we haven't thought about it. It's an opportunity. It's free. You're going to chuck your brand out there. So yeah, it's just, yeah, you've got to be flexible and you've got to bend and move and make it all happen. But this is why we do it. This is the point. This is the, the end of the season where it's all fun and games and yeah. Yeah. So the um yeah the, the the local city councils behind you at the moment now that you yeah hundred percent yeah <laughs> we're the only team but it also helps that we're like a small suburb of Port Adelaide like obviously the area behind us every year because we're their team but um yeah yeah yep. if the crows if the crows were in it I can that would be a different story yeah oh it just came down to one call didn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, Adelaide people. Kind of deserved it, but that's all right. Oh wow! <laughs> um, I'm just having a quick look at your socials now to to kind of see what the um the lead up to um, finals is. You guys obviously had some um, inductees into the the All Australian team this year, and you had yeah. some um, signings, some extensions as well with Charlie Dixon signing on. Um, yeah. And who's your other one? Uh, Mitch Georgiatis. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So in that break, they kind of do the AFL does some awards to try and fill that gap. So there's no not just no football. Um, Going so, on. So yeah, but yeah. if you're if you're if you have a successful year, it does. It's not much of a break. Um, yeah. Lot lot going on. It's never ending. So when is your quiet period then? Uh, when they send us on Christmas break. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there really is. Um, yeah, if you're not designing finals, you're doing BNFs, you're doing getting ready. Everyone would be doing their Brownlow, getting ready for Brownlow, getting merch ready for that. Um, everyone, yeah, every team would have some one or two people that they think might have a chance. So you got to get ready for that. So when yeah. Brownlow night hits, and if they for some reason win, you hit the print button and away you go. So. It's, yeah, you keep going. And then if you're not doing that, you're getting ready for next year. Yeah. And, and what you can get ahead of. So 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 Brownlow is coming up. Was it was it last year the you Port Adelaide player won the Brownlow? Year year before. Two years Ollie ago. Wines, yeah. Wines, yeah. So were you at the club at that point in time? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I was here for that. So yeah. I um yep. social assets, so you're pretty much making templates leaving a blank space for votes and hand it off to the social team and go enjoy the night. So yeah, yeah that's right. how we okay. work. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you may have had an idea that he was in contention. So you would have created some assets yep. for him either coming first, second, third, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they're kind of just base template kind of stock, you know, self-made stock images. And then you're handing it over to the, the social, team. Um, yeah. social team to go, here you go. Let's hope for the best, and yeah, hope all that work actually pays off. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and it's sort of like if he wins it, like flick on this layer, and if he doesn't win it, and he comes second, flick this layer on, and yeah, just giving him different options and yeah, yeah, flexibility, so it doesn't look like he won it. And then it's like, yeah, he only got ten votes, but yeah, <laughs> that kind of and, stuff. And I ask everyone, do you label your layers? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm I'm a clean freak with that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. nice. It's, um, <laughs> Especially yeah. when you're handing it over to somebody else. Yeah, very much so. So 
uh, yeah, got a got a label. Otherwise, yeah, mayhem. Yeah, things disappear. Um, so we've gone through a lot of the stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. What are some of the stuff that you wish you could actually spend more time doing? More time. Uh, I I kind of in like and probably a little bit like listening to you guys as well. Like I'm really kind of into the merch. I, I think it's a massive opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of go through and it, you look at it and you go, oh, it's so templated and you can see how they run that across every other AFL club. And I think there's so many other little like pop-up brands that are sort of actually cashing in on a, like an opportunity for the AFL clubs and just a bit more casual wear. Mm-hmm. I think you see a lot of team wear where it's like a giant logo and it's like, or on or some fishing gear or stuff like that. Now I understand it all has its its purpose and there's a mm. market for it and all that. But I I feel like a lot of clubs are stuck in just servicing parts of the market and you start seeing other brands pop up filling those casual grant brands. Um, whether it's like Nina Pastadina's like got a license or something like that, and it's it, it's yes, you're handballing it somewhere else and you're still probably getting a cut. But yeah, I feel like it could definitely be brought inside the clubs and make a bit more money out of it. Um, okay. And I wish I had a lot more time to do it because it's kind of, I think it's fun, kind of cool. Um, let's let's also put a pin in that as well because I think we've got some conversations a little bit later on apparel. So yep. we can maybe dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Um, then. Um, you may have already answered this, but I'll probably, I'll, I'll still ask it so we can get the, the specifics out of the way. Um, the duties that you do love about the role and the duties that you don't love. Yeah. Um, you may not hate them, but, you know, some of the things that people may not think about, and obviously we've, we've gone through a few of them now already. Yeah, it's the stuff you love is like the celebrating of players' achievements. I think it's kind of cool that you can make a 300-game graphic and you get to do a merch range and people kind of love that to celebrate that player and you get to be like a small part of it even though mm-hmm. you're not really like they did all the hard work they did all the pre-seasons and to get there not got it but it's just nice to be that kind of like a little bit of a bookmark for those achievements yeah um, it'll, it'll always be there kind of thing and um that's kind of the stuff that i love the stuff that i don't quite love is hey can you mock up what our interchange bench will look like if we change partners or uh what happens if the pull-up banner logo was 20 times bigger than what it is and <laughs> yeah. why do, yeah why doesn't green work with our logo and things like that yeah <laughs> explaining graphic design to some people um yeah that's the everyone thinks they're a designer until it gets to the real world yeah but they, so. they can't see it until they see it so you've got that, to do it so that they can the see one. it. <laughs> even even though you know it's going to look like absolute dog shit, but you just do it anyway. Keep people happy. Yeah. So some of those more positive ones. What are, what are some of the stuff in more recent time that you have worked on that you're really um, happy with how it's come out, or the, or maybe not the end result, but the process itself. Yeah, like one of like the really cool things, and we sort of got sabotaged by the age newspaper but our um fixture um release announcement we did like a i don't know if you know it that nba paint is like a massive instagram page and they kind of do memes and it's paint drawn and it's kind of funny we kind of ripped that off we tagged him in it so he knew it was there and he reposted us so 
I got to do like a full animation of like this Windows 95 thing. And um, yeah, it was just really cool just to do some kind of meme based football stuff. A little bit and different, delivering some news that that could be boring in kind of way. Yeah. Um, so that was something that I was really proud of that we did. Um, we even looked at like possibly doing like a bit of a merch range with like our little athletes as well. Um, so that didn't get up, but it was, yeah, it was just cool that the, it, it provided opportunities for different branch ideas off it as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to like, find it in here, but the the Instagram's taken a long time to load. Yeah, it'd oh. be buried very way back as well. <laughs> um, uh, I'll have to find it later. We'll tag it in there. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, then, then the age broke, the actual AFL fixture, like they broke the embargo. So it got like released at like 9 p.m. when no one's on social media and it just got no traction. So, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of disappointing because how much time we put into it. Um, but it is what it is. You can't do anything yep. about it. As such is life. You move on. You roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, if you got depressed every time something went wrong in in this caper, like yeah, you'd be so sad the whole time. So you just got to keep going. Be proud of what you make and just keep going. Yep. Um, yeah, things like that. Um, like Sir Doug Nichols round. I think that's our like our Indigenous round for AFL. I think that's a whole lot of fun to be a part of, even though we don't design the Guernseys itself. Um, mm -hmm. It's taking those elements and the story behind it and then trying to translate that into different assets and exp explanation graphics and things like that. Cause at the same time, I feel like I'm like teaching myself and learning more and more about it. It's not just like a pick the job done away we go. Like it's, yeah being inclusive and all that kind of thing and it's yeah it's a great way to learn about it and you can ask more questions and it's yeah something about like afl teams and that it's, it's usually a safe space when it comes to those kinds of things it's like people wanting to know more and learn more it's it's a great vehicle to talk about it um yeah it's a real shame when there's a lot of people that say that you know politics shouldn't be in, in sport or you know however you want to pitch that narrative Mm. Um, you know, I, I personally completely disagree with that because, you know, sport is part of life, you know, whether you love watching sport or not, it's still part of life. It's still part of culture. And yep. this is not a, it, as much as you can brand it as a political thing, it is, you know, really a, a cultural thing as well. It's a, it's a way of life thing. Um, yeah. and I do agree with you in that the AFL is just one of many critical platforms that enable these conversations and enable the progression in in such a positive and effective way you know um there's there's something that that stuck with me since you know very early primary school when you you're learning the basics of getting along with people um and one of my teachers told me yeah you, you know you're having a fight with um someone in your class you know you're having a bit of a, a tiff or a, a beat up or whatever but then you go and get on the bus um and they start bullying that person you know someone from another school or another class is bullying the person that you were just bullying and you go hang on no no this this mate he's in my class uh, you yeah. know we may be not getting along but you don't bully him yeah. um and then you know you're waiting at the school bus waiting for the school bus and then you get on the school bus and you got 
people from another school bullying those people. And you're like, ah, no, 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 no. These are guys from my school, mate. You're not touching those. And the analogy just went on and on and on, you know, to a point that, you know, we're from Galaxy Gorgonzola and they're from, but the point of it is, is we're all, we're all people and coming together to watch sport, be it AFL or whatever else, it, it kind of opens those doors to have uncomfortable conversations yeah. in a way that is in a more comfortable environment. You have a shared um, love of something that you can kind of get around to break those barriers. Um, yeah. and, and that's why, you know, I find Indigenous Round, First Nations Round, um, across all the sports really, um, really critical uh, mm. and and also um, whilst the jerseys are celebrating the cultures, the peoples, it's also just that that little extra platform or talking point to engage and get the conversation going. Yeah, 100%. And, and even like sometimes people go, oh, I don't know why you've got that on there. And it's just like, well, the information's out there. Like clubs are so good at telling the story. And I know you guys bang on about like marketing spiels that sometimes try and sell it, but that these like these stories are the genuine stories. Correct. So it's actually they make they they promote it, they put it on a pedestal because we're we're so proud of the people that produce it. Like whether it's a young player or things like that, sometimes they get to go back to where they're from and they've never been, and they get to see an aunt lost auntie or things like that, and they make connections. So it's even important for the players and things like that. They get the opportunities to go away and see stuff that they would just never have seen without this yeah. opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, doing this podcast two years now, that I always go looking for as much information as possible on First Nations round, uh, you know, across the entire mm-hmm. Australian sporting landscape. And it is a shame. I, I don't want to get too negative or point out, but there is a shame that there's some clubs that don't actually put in as much effort for, you know, breaking down the um the story or the design elements of you know maybe not just the jersey but the entire collateral the whole suite of things that they're running during that period of time um and you know i appreciate that some clubs don't necessarily have the same budgets or resources for that stuff but i feel like that's one for me that's one of the you know really important ones to be focusing some time into and you know we have these conversations now and we hear all you know some of the backstories as to why things do or don't happen and sometimes there's probably legitimate reasons for some of that stuff you know time constraints or whatever else but yeah i I would really like to see it even more than what it is now yeah definitely i think it's something that there's another great opportunity for it to be elevated further throughout uniforms of all sports um I'm not a fan of our clash white Guernsey and I'd love to see our Indigenous Guernsey on a white base and away we go. Like, yeah. I'm pushing for it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's such a great opportunity. Yeah, I'm a very vocal advocate of having a First Nations jersey as a away or clash full-time in season. Um, You know, pulling the curtain back a little bit, I know, you know, that it, it may take away from the the aspect of what First Nations rounds are, but in my mind, there's no reason why you can't still have different artwork or, you know, different elements or uh, 
exaggerate or exacerbate the elements that are already there come First Nations rounds. Yeah. I, but anyway. yeah. It would be cool just that First Nation rounds become just a celebration of culture and it's not a talk, talking point has to be the Guernsey for that to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that'd be Make it cool. happen, Josh. Make it right. happen. <laughs> See what we can do. See what we can do. Uh, yeah, sick. Okay. Well, um, look, we've spoken a bit about the role. Let, let's mm-hmm. just let's just wind the clock back to the nineties. Maybe not <laughs> maybe not quite that far. Maybe we'll we'll fast forward a little bit. Um so I think we we kind of alluded to um when you started or whenabouts you started. So yeah. what got you to Port Adelaide Football Club? Well, yeah, so started in twenty one, week of uh, the first game. So that was a like cauldron of fire of how to start. But how I got there was literally COVID. Um, <laughs> thrown in the deep end, round thrown one. In the deep, yeah, round one was like week like, leading up to it. It's like, hey, we need all this. It's like, okay, I don't even know what I'm doing here, but okay, let's go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sort of COVID was how I got the job. Um, everyone was locked down. Most sporting clubs cleaned. Most of them admin staff, like bare bones kind of thing. There was that off period and then as they'll slowly bring it back on and the opportunity kind of came and Port were kind of looking either in Adelaide or a Melbourne-based designer due just to lockdowns and and people just not having to travel to games and things like that. So it didn't really matter that much Mm -hmm. to get that done. So, yeah, I actually, it's a funny story. I I actually saw the job posted and I'm like, oh, I must have the wrong search like filter on or something like that. Why is Port Adelaide Football Club coming up in Melbourne? That's bizarre. And then my missus goes, did you apply for that job? I'm like, nah, it's, it must be wrong or something. And she goes, nah, they're looking for it. Like she actually read it and goes, nah, they're looking for somebody either in Melbourne or Adelaide. So yeah. quickly jump on, update the portfolio as quick as possible. And it was all history from there. But getting even to that point, I think in high school, I was – Always interested in design. Um, I think it was called visual communication and design, VCD, mm-hmm. back in yep. the day. Yep. And then was sort of told, was like, there's no jobs, there's no money. Well, we kind of write about the money, but there's um, no opportunity. So don't do that. Just go do some business at uni. So, yeah. So that was a great idea. So I did a year of business management. Hated that. And then what did I get into after that? So then I was kind of a lost soul and then got into thought, oh, I like PE, like PE teaching, like teaching kids. I coached before and like I really enjoy that and kind of still do. Mm-hmm. don't coach anymore, but I, I still like teaching people things and things like that. So tried that, did two years of that and went, nah, this isn't for me. I can't, I can't be sitting here reading a book of how to teach people. I need to be out there actually doing it. Um, and then I thought, you know what, let's try this design thing out again. So off I went to TAFE and two years of TAFE and then a, a one year at uni and away I went and jumped into some very strange design jobs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were some of those? <laughs> so first up, we got industrial lighting. Oh, yeah. So when you walk into an office and there's those 40,000 lights in the seal, those big, that, that's, they, they manufactured, imported all those. Um, so I was... Yeah, what, learning about white points, and I used to straighten luminaires and whiten them, and if those got scratches, photoshopping out the scratches, and okay, 
changing the color of the light that came out of it because of the warmth and the coldness. And yeah, I learned a lot about lighting and I still stare at lights today because of that job and go, <laughs> they picked the wrong light there. So that stuck with me. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, not that great. But then, yeah, from that went to, what did I go to? I had industrial gas company. So okay, everything that is produced requires some kind of gas make it so this company is massive in europe it's like a 20 billion dollar euro dollar um revenue company mm-hmm. um right. and they had a small full footprint in australia so yeah gas cylinders for welding and glass manufacturing and freezing your food and all the molecules and oh, exciting stuff especially when you yeah. failed year nine math so um <laughs> That was that was a, that was a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, and then just a bit of freelancing and that kind of stuff just along the way. Um, yeah, Were you so, freelancing uh, singularly? Freelancing like you didn't have full time employment. You were able yeah, to just, sustain yourself freelancing for a while. Nah, or? just it was just yeah. bits and pieces. Um, for a little bit, I was able to, but um, mm-hmm. I. Like I could survive. I wasn't living, if that makes sense. For it's sure. Definitely starving artist situation. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, but definitely whilst working, just uh, doing a bit on the side, as I think most most of us do. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yep. And so, did you follow Port Adelaide? You know, you Adelaide person? No. No. So no? born bred Melbourne, um, Carlton supporter. Sadly. Um, what do you mean, this, sadly? <laughs> last year, well, they've been rubbish for 20 of the 33 years of my life. So, um, yeah, um, so Carlton through and through. Um, I don't mind reminding the guys at Port that I'm still a Carlton supporter occasionally. Just yep. when Charlie kicks a bag, just send it through and say, how good are these guys? Um, <laughs> kind of lucky that Michael Voss is their head coach, and he was an assistant at Port for a very long time, and he was much mm. loved. He was much loved at Port. Um, it was he okay? Yep. So, yeah, it makes it it softens the blow when I sort of throw that kind of stuff up. So yeah. interesting. Port Ad- banter. There's a there's a you know um, Michael Voss, obviously legend of Brisbane Lions as well. You know he's got three teams, kind of. <laughs> Under is I saw um, Craig McRae came out the other day and and said if if Collingwood don't win I hope it's Brisbane obviously you know he used to play for Brisbane as yeah. well so it's like oh, okay that's interesting but uh, yeah Michael Voss yeah old Vossy so yeah it's um yeah Carlton yep. supporter and then but to be honest I'd rather Port be doing better because it sort of changes your workflow when they're winning versus when they're losing so. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the score I keep an eye on uh, yeah. during the week. How do you think you would go if it ends up being a Port Carlton grand final? No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess yeah. I would be there in a work capacity, so I'd have to go Port Adelaide, but there might be a Carlton Guernsey underneath the Port Adelaide polo. polo yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered that about teams that um, – you know, people that work for teams but support other teams. Like mm. I've always found myself getting really invested in the teams that I've been working with, right? And you always kind yeah. of have your favourites too, but I don't think I've ever been in a position where it's like, 
my team versus the team that I'm more closely tied to from a um, business, you know, point of view. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested. Uh, well, let's we'll let's touch let's touch base yeah. again in a couple of weeks. Fingers, fingers crossed it happens, and um, <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll let yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so you work in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. It's, okay, um, we're different. How does that go working remotely outside of the hub? Uh, it's um, you got to be disciplined. It's definitely a thing you can't just go roll out of bed and just go oh, do my hours and things like that You and get distracted along the way. You definitely have to be locked in and doing what you need to do. Um, there's print deadlines and all those kinds of things are alive. You, there's, but at the same time, there's no one looking over your shoulder um, to try to motivate you and make sure that you're doing what you need to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the good thing is technology these days, if you ever get lonely, you can call somebody you can have a team's meeting you can see face to face um our team's pretty good like we're all on the whatsapp group and sending different things and you're always kind of you're well, not kind of you're always, you always are connected um there's something okay. yeah. yeah there's something i've always said like working at port Adelaide, i've never worked at a um, we'll call it a company or a business that's so connected to with what it's trying to achieve mm-hmm. um and it really comes through like every day working with other people like we're all trying to get to the same end. Um, and it's, yeah, one of those one of those things that's like where you work at a company and it might, they might go, oh, we want to do this and they want to do that. And it's like, yeah, you want to do that for your bonus. So it's, and it's like, I'm not going to help you get there. Whereas here, it's, we're all after ultimate success. Um, we want the team to win the premiership and then we need to do our jobs to make sure that the more money's coming in our, our players are shown in the best light. It's a brand that people are attracted to, um, and that's how we do that to achieve the ultimate success um, mm-hmm. as well. So it's really cool being in that kind of environment as well. Mm-hmm. It yeah. sounds like you've got a pretty decent, you know, setup and and team there. Really positive kind of culture and, um, obviously in sport, it's you know particularly with with you guys it's obvious what the end goal is right and it's just about setting up the right platforms and um having the right people in place to enable that to happen really mm. yeah yeah and yeah just supporting each other as well i think it's it's everyone has an idea no one's no one kicks anyone down because they've got a stupid idea there's yeah it's one of those things you never know yeah and so you find yourself um, you know, you come across clearly as a in a hardworking, productive, you know, human being. Um, do you find yourself working remotely, getting frustrated that you're not around the water cooler chat, or you know, um, phone calls aren't being answered on you know first attempts, you know, those type of things, or is it really um, that that stuff kind of doesn't bother you working? remotely yeah I, I like i probably go over to adelaide every six weeks kind of thing see the team get amongst it kind of thing and then my productivity just drops for that week because you're getting dragged into meetings that you don't usually get dragged into because you're a phone call away and things like that and there's a lot more looking over your shoulder and let me help you design that and it's the space actually can help a lot mm-hmm. with that it's mm-hmm. um sort of sometimes it's it's a very good way of shielding yourself and going this is the value of this this is the amount of time that i'll give it yep it's as good as it's going to get 
considering what else is on and um it makes it a lot easier people don't like to necessarily pick up the phone and uh or email another another one in the chain that when you're there it's a lot easier to walk over to someone's desk so poor old rach she um cops those ones on my behalf <laughs> yeah yeah the uh the benefits really of working yeah. remotely um and so 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 you really the sports industry this is really your first role and taste in that um yep. what about just creativity in general did you know early on that you were a creative person or you, you said you kind of went away and did more business related stuff and come yeah. back but we you know in your youth youth really young were you did you have a keen eye for that type of stuff yeah i i always like i always liked drawing and like my mum would always say like i hated coloring in books because it was like telling me where to color kind of thing so <laughs> yeah. like i'd rather draw the picture and i'd like rather track like i'd trace it or like if we had like a bird or a dog or something i'd like draw draw them and yeah i was always creative like i love like lego like you build whatever you're meant to build and then you'd break it apart like i'd break it apart as soon as possible like done that mm -hmm. like what else can i build now mm -hmm. like yeah so always yeah creative in that kind of thing but just never thought that that's where i'd end up um yeah so yes lucky yeah. like that um yeah so you you mentioned your mum before um mm -hmm. significant people or have motivated you along the way so you mentioned yeah. your partner your partner as well obviously um you know redirecting you to the to the port adelaide role and but your folks as well are there other people either through study um personal you know sporting achievements or you know through your schooling early yeah. life and work that have kind of motivated or molded or guide guided you to where you are now yeah, I'd say like a little bit like when I think about it now, actually, is um like being told it's like being creative, there's no jobs for you out there at like high school, like actually kind of inside of me burns a little bit and it helps. It's like I'm showing them kind of thing, like mm -hmm. hey, it actually is and it's kind of cool. And I actually don't work a day, like I love what I do. So I couldn't think of anything worse than being a business manager. So lucky that never happened. Mm -hmm. um, so things like that, I was lucky that my parents were able to support me in me flip-flopping in degrees and find, eventually finding this. Um, they do anything to allow me to do what I do. So I think my dad's like my harshest critic as well, which is kind of cool. Um, yep. could be so proud of my Anzac Guernsey and he goes, yeah, but did you think of this? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I didn't. But where were you like a month, uh, like three years ago when I was thinking about this? Yeah. Um, it did. <laughs> There's those things. It's like you can be so proud, and it's good to have like support. But it also critique, and it makes you better. I think there's Humbles nothing better. Yeah, but it's there's just nothing better than just being like brought down and back, and you build yourself again and go again. I think you once you pull down, you've got to go again, kind of thing. So it's yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, were there any significant projects? or defining moments in your career where you kind of, you mentioned the, the, um, the indigenous Jersey Guernsey before where yeah. you've kind of sat back and gone, whoa, like this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. Or, yeah. you know, I often, you know, I really loved that or, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably my biggest one would be my second Anzac Guernsey that I created. Mm -hmm. Um, 
was sort of the first one was sort of really subtle had a little bit of a story to it but i probably just didn't nail it it probably very hard from i don't know for other people but for my gen like for me being in the 90s like war time like i don't really have that connection with it um i don't have any i didn't have any grandparents that went to war or anything like that mm-hmm. i have a different i have a different story where like my mum's polish and like her family went through that war um but they I never met them, things like that. So mm. that was really hard the first time I was doing it. Um, but the second time I've kind of nailed the story, did, did a lot more research, um, yep. found, found the story of like Port Adelaide and then was able to tell that. And then when I went into presentation, I was able to really confidently go in and go, hey, this is a Port Adelaide story. It's about Anzac. It reflects exactly what everything Anzac is. And we're able to reproduce it in a Guernsey. Um, I was, yeah, I was super proud of it. Um, that was one of the ones. And it's not just you're proud of the Guernsey. I think it was being able to tell a story. I think this, I think for graphic designers, I think you just want to tell stories at times. Absolutely. And not just, and not just create pretty pictures and try and tell things <laughs> all the time. Um, <laughs> Depends who you talk to. I know there's a lot of graphic designers that don't, you know, they just want to make art. They just want to throw paint at the screen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's no right or wrong answer with that too. But no. you know, I definitely um, definitely appreciate, you know, the, the, the storytelling aspect, you know, the sentimental side that sometimes comes with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've kind of avoided it a couple of times a couple of times now but you've mentioned that you design the jersey so you you know you're you know in a lot of other you know club rep artists that i've spoken to on the pod so far and and some who haven't actually been on yet they don't actually get a lot of the opportunities to do the designing um Mm -hmm. you know for a multitude of reasons so um does that you know, fall on your shoulders with the relationship that you've got with your current provider or is that something that Port's always kind of done or is that just the way it's kind of done in the AFL? Um, I'm not sure of the AFL, but the way it kind of works is as the designer, we, we're given the brief, Anzac, Indigenous, here's some artwork kind of thing. We reproduce it, do it as a clash, do it as to give it some options. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got like a merchandising guy that has a relationship with well, Macron's our supplier. So he, he, I'll just send the artwork to him and away they go. And 12 months later, I go, yeah, it looks pretty good out there. And that's what it is. So you're responsible for all kits, home, away? Um, uh, no, so just special. Just the specials. Yeah, so home yeah. kit is looked after by the merch guys um clash kits uh, merch guys sometimes they'll come to us and go hey got any crazy ideas and we throw it together and they go that's way too crazy and that that that's kind of cool it's it's fun pushing the boundaries um and just showing what's possible as well um yeah so yeah it's yeah so just the special kind of anniversary stuff is what we do is there we're talking specifically a design for a design question here the clash Guernsey it's got Mm -hmm. like this really thin strip down the sides and then it's also got like is it white it's either white flat lock or some sort of piping is there a reason for that or is that just a design thing that was attempted I don't know I don't know I don't know I I think it's the black the black panel on the side is just leftovers from the very first white Guernsey I think they've done I don't know why the stitching's 
or flat lock stitching yeah. is wide on it. I thought it was a lightning bolt the first time I saw it. I'm like, why is there like mini lightning bolts down the side of our black thing? Like yeah, we don't okay. do lightning bolts. So it was, um, yeah, I, that one's no, definitely <laughs> not on, not on me. Yeah, it's not no my, worries. it's not my favorite. Um, you also mentioned before about, um, the the Guernsey that you designed the Anzac one about mm-hmm. you know researching the story finding the story and then you said that you presented it yep so who were you presenting it to at this point in time to get buy-in so you sort of you throw it around like the team to start off with just you, you start designing different ideas versions of that story um you throw it around to the team to see what they're feel is a little bit so you use social media guys and things like that just because you just want different ideas there's nothing worse than thinking i've nailed it and then the first person you show you what the hell are you thinking so it's just that first means kind of test just that that's a little bit of feedback but just are we pointing in the right direction and you get that kind of thing yeah so then go back refine it a little bit come up with some new ideas try something different maybe um and then once you've kind of got two or three we it goes to uh, our brand and marketing uh, committee. Um, a little bit different now. It's been reshaped, but back then it's just made up of like a board member um, who's responsible for marketing, um, our CEO, and then it's got our GM of marketing and our marketing manager in it. Um, so yeah, just present to four or five people um, and tell the story of why why it looks the way it is. Um, yeah, yeah, bit nerve wracking, but I think. It's always easy when you know the story's good. It translates into a good product. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to sell. You don't actually have to think of ways to sell it. It just sells itself. And you, can you just, know as that long it as, yeah, it will work. And you just talk about how, yeah, the story. The story's yep. the selling point. Yeah. Uh, were there any other things that you wanted to personally boast about before we move on? to the next stuff as far as, you know, whoa moments or proud moments, things that you, you know, really have defined your time so far at Port? Um, I don't think so. I think we're, no? I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm pretty happy with those. They're probably the top tier kind of stuff. Yep. Um, oh, maybe like the other one thing is our W brand. I think even though I, I over I don't really oversee it, I see what happened and I see what Rach does and puts into it. I think it's it's world class for an actual women's brand as well. Um, I think yeah, I I think the world of it. I mean, it's not even mine. So I, yeah, yeah, probably it. Yeah. So where was the? We'll go back to the AFLW stuff now. Where was the real appeal to to kind of separate it? I think we you mentioned a little bit earlier on. Um, you know, there was this real buy-in. I think you know Port was keen to have a, a W team quite early, weren't they? Um, and it went, yeah. Again, it went to the crows. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not stir that pot too much. But yeah. um, so there was a conscious decision to really kind of own that and make it a little bit separate. Do you know? You know, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? On um, yeah, I think it was it was it was a new opportunity. Um, you're talking about like a club that's got over 150 years of history and heritage, um, and then we're bringing this women's, which is like we call it the new chapter. Um, it was just the differentiated bit. It, it's a if we the bit of the thinking was if you brand it the same way as the men's brand, you just to try and attract 
the same people. Mm. Whereas if we go with something new, you're looking at a new market and your people that are already in your men's program are going to follow across anyway. You're not mm-hmm. going to go then support the women's crows team. Yeah. But it was just looking for that new opportunity and it's exciting. It's different. It's a different, even though it's the same game, it's, it is different. So it, it does need it up plus it needs a different look. Um, it needs a different feel to it. So that's why we do that. Um, they, we, they love the teal. So we, they own that teal kind of color mm-hmm. as a, a major, major branding kind of flag for the W, even mm-hmm. though it's still Port Adelaide, it still connects the two brands. Yeah, but it's something that we definitely. It's really obvious to see that we definitely elevate the teal yeah. for our W space, which is really cool because it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Is there an appeal for that teal to become more um, heavily used on the men's side as well? Uh, yes and no. I think it's definitely generational. Um, again, you're talking about a club with so much history. You're looking at black and white. There's so much of it. Mm-hmm. And then this teal came and kind of, for those people, kind of ruined it for them. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, there's people that in 97, it's like, how cool is this? And, and the, the, that differential factor was the teal. Mm. Um, it is so, a great color. It, it really is. is a great color. And it works nicely with black and white. So. Yeah, better than your grey. Oh, it's it's technically silver, but I don't, you can't print silver. So, <laughs> has there been any interest in applying some more metallic related? I don't think embellishments. We yeah. I don't think due to lighting and telecast and all that kind of thing. I don't think we're. I think the AFL gives it because I've mentioned it and it was shot down as quick as I don't think I even finished the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't yeah. think that's yeah, possible. Which is not cool, right? Like, you know, you got to have at least the opportunity to explore. Um, well, I, I believe anyway, like you, you can yeah. say no straight away and you can understand why no, but if you don't, if you're not getting that opportunity, like, like you said, with the coloring versus the drawing before, um, you're coloring in the lines. You're never going to know what you can come up with if you don't at least try, yeah, um, or at least explore. Um, mm. That's a shame. I, yeah. I, you know, who knows what's around the corner? But uh, all, all of the all of the on-field stuffs all s- completely subbed anyway. It's not like you have you know embroidered yeah. badges or anything like that. So no, your, your tactiles are quite low. But eh, okay, yeah, who knows? You never you never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, would you, would you say it's fair? Uh, and again, I don't want to like put the women on a lower pedestal, but, uh, from an exposure point of view, I imagine that the men's feed is of higher quantity than the, than the, the women's feed. Um, is there things that you might trial on one and then go, oh, okay, this actually quite works. We could use or adapt for both. So, you know, are there things that you're trying perhaps on the women's feed that you go, oh, we might actually use some of those elements um, in next season or, you know, vice versa, I guess? Um, in terms of branding at the moment, they're probably a little bit separate. Um, mm-hmm. they, they do share like some similar, like the font and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of content, I know the W space, we try and really like to get to know 
like the athletes and things like that because we're, we're technically a very young club in that space. I mm. think this, well, this is our second season. So we're still getting our, our athletes out there to show, hey, this is who I am. Um, you'll not start noticing a lot more content of them us asking them about just their lives and different things. And we've got like a, a unicycle world champion in our team um, and really cool okay. stuff like that. Like it, whereas you, you ask those same kind of questions of our men's team and it's a different upbringing. Like they're, they're drafted at 17. Yeah. They come from high school, they play football. It's, diff- it's a different, it's a different yeah. kind of, you get different answers for the same questions. They're not all cre- parents. They're, they haven't, you know, done travel. Mm. You know, so all of these life creates, experiences. Yeah, life experience, 100%. So it's a different, it, it creates different content in itself. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's deviate away from the specifics for a second of, of Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk about the industry more in general. So I think you mentioned before about the, um, you know, the, the common narrative in schooling about, you know, creatives aren't going to earn you the, the big coin or anything like that. Um, so so you, personal observations, I guess. But what impact do you think education plays as far as getting a role in the industry? Oh, the piece of paper definitely opens doors. I think most people would see out there that if you go into Seek or LinkedIn or whatever, like the first dot point's always a, a, a degree or a piece of paper in something. Um, I think it helps to get the ball rolling. Yeah. But at the same time, I think if you're extremely talented, if you've got a right network, you'll find an opportunity through that way. Yeah. Um, talent. This is the one good thing about our industry is like you might not interview the best, but like if your portfolio is like like a rocket, like that good, it at least it will open some more doors for you. Sure. Um, so I think that's kind of lucky in our industry that you can at least show what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's so many like social media, so you can do your own videos and you can create your own content and you can start creating your own brand and you can show that to people what you're capable of as well, which is, yeah, an awesome, awesome opportunity that sort of bypasses that uni degree kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if I was telling anybody, like, from the start, what should I do, I would tell them to go to, to TAFE straight away. Yeah. That's what I, the first two years, I think I was there every day for 10 hours on the tools for that, yeah, those two years. And when I got to university, like, there's three or four of us that went to uni from that TAFE group and we were running absolute rings around them in terms of being creative because we're working together. You're in TAFE. It's a bit more casual. Yeah. You're bonded. Collaborative. Yeah. You know, and you know how to give feedback. Like every, every class we were getting up in front of the, like those 10 of us mm-hmm. that we were getting up and going, explaining our process. This is what I wanted to do. This is what I achieved. You're getting feedback. Hey, did you think of this? Like it was so much more learning. Got to uni, this is your project. See you later. Here's the truth. Like, yeah. Whoa. Oh, it's um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So you would you would suggest TAFE? What do you think is more valuable, the education or the networking, or your network? Um, for me, it was my education. Yeah. Um. 
I'm not a massive network person. I'm trying to build it, but yeah, it's it is it is hard for someone if you don't give it the t- like the time to do it um, mm-hmm. and create those connections. Um, so yeah, it's sort of you've got to make a decision if you if you want to network. There's opportunity there, but if you don't want to do it, it's probably going to be a little bit harder as well because as you go on, it's all about who you know, not what you know. Yeah. Uh, so networking is a skill. What other Absolutely. skills? Absolutely. <laughs> what other apart from networking? What other skills do you think someone needs to really, you know, get into the sports creative industry? I think they other, need to. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to make a quip. Other than knowing the little specific quirks of lighting and gas, <laughs> um, <laughs> and what molecule reacts and, with and what molecule? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you just got to show that you understand that there's an ecosystem outside of social media as well. For um, sure. Yes. There's, we've, I've seen portfolios of just like game day graphic poster style things. And it's like, if I want one of those, there's like the whole internet is doing it. Like I'll just DM somebody and I'll just pay them whatever they need to get it done. If that's what I really need. Mm-hmm. I think you really need to see like, if you really want to get into it, looking at display ads and Google ads and stuff that I wouldn't think of even when I was getting into it, but coming from sort of a communica- uh, commercial background of B2B business, I sort of understood, got that understanding of what mm-hmm. that exists. Yeah. Um, so if you, yeah, if you want to stand out, I think you really need to show that you understand that the ecosystem is bigger than your Instagram carousel. Yeah, the the Post. vast, the vast commercial aspects of the role, not just. Uh, yeah, I I must actually agree with you there. Like, definitely not putting down the skill level that a lot of these you know online illustrators, you know, photoshoppers are able to do. You know, game day graphics, like you know your three hundred game, yeah. you know, Instagram post or your your NBA, you know, player illustrations and stuff like that. Man, I am so envious of the talent of those people. Yeah. But that's even really more niche again, isn't it? That's an illustrator type thing. It's, yeah. it's not an all-encompassing, you know, I'd like to see how you can lock up your sponsors with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd like to see you do a, you know, a game day post, but, you know, making sure we're including, you know, the game time and all, you know, all of the little aspects of that's something good. that's outside of the, the visual element. Yeah, um, it's, and it's, and I see. Sorry, you go, mate. Going, um, well, yeah, it's a hundred percent. Like, and it's even like, how would that work in a different like ratio? Yeah, like, and just for a video end slide, like, how would that look? Um, yeah, it's it, it's understanding all that is the is the game. It's not necessary. You'll learn the skill, like the hours that you'll put in. You'll learn like your yeah, you'll learn so quickly. But if you yeah. understand the environment, you're halfway there. So so perhaps we could put down to the skill that it's to be adaptable, show your versatility. Right. Yeah. 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 And I'd um yeah, and I'd and I'd also comment that on with like a lot of the Jersey nerds that, that we see online as well and on the and on the forums, you know, really talented, really great concepts as far as, you know, coming up with crazy you know, um, or not also crazy, but, you know, really comprehensive ideas that you can carry across the brand. But then they're not 
you know, doing sponsor lockups correctly or they're not using the correct logos and stuff like that. And it's like, for me personally, that's the difference. I want to see you attempt to lock up that bright green NIB logo on a jersey and the jersey still look fantastic. That's you know it. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because we're all great designers if we can break the rules. <laughs> For sure. Well, well, maybe some of us. <laughs> maybe there's some that still aren't. But yeah. Um, so, so how do you improve, mate? What you know, when you're in a rut or you're looking to, you know, broaden your skill set or come up with something different, what are you doing? Online, just I know, it's not it's not necessarily Instagram, but there's so many creative people out there. Um that just look at things differently and they don't actually have to be sports people as well. They could just be like, I'm not into video editing and all that kind of stuff. I can do it and I can, I chip in when I can, but it's not my, doesn't give me the jollies. Like, but I'll see how they create different things. And it's just like, Hey, you're just thinking about something differently. It's a different way of thinking to solve a problem. So it's like, could I use that to then in my own right? Um, so, yeah, I spend a lot of time on YouTube and just watching people do things. I like watching people build furniture and stuff. And it's just like, I have no, I'm never going to use this skill. And it's just like, but it's just watching people build something. And it's just like, oh, I wonder how they're going to do that. And they do that. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It like, sounds like you have the same weakness as me getting caught down YouTube rabbit holes of <laughs> sometimes yeah. the most ridiculous things. But it's, but it's usually just somebody creating something. For sure. It's never the bear standing in the river trying to catch 10,000 salmon. Yeah. Even though that is problem solving. But it's, yeah. it's, I try to look at different people creating different things and try to stay out of sport, especially when you're in a rut. The worst place to be is looking at sport stuff because then you start imposter syndrome, start comparing yourself. It's just no good. So, yeah. Yeah. Getting around creative um, and even just talking to people and showing your work to people just like i send screenshots to rachel all the time just going hey what do you think of this like i'm really struggling with it and she's like well if you move this there and then that there why won't it just open up your lockup and you're like yeah yeah and it's not being afraid that you don't have every answer as well like that's a really great attitude to take yeah um you've you've mentioned it a few times actually just feedback so you you obviously handle feedback pretty well yeah love it i'd rather it than i can't stand when people go yeah it's perfect and it's like it's the first shot it can't be like yep. pick something like yep. if it's anything um <laughs> find, find something uh, wrong find with something it. <laughs> even if it's that one pixel out of place if we move it is it going to ruin everything and let's if it ruins it, everything let's go again yeah um excellent yeah it just makes you stronger feedback it's, yeah, don't be afraid of it uh during your time so i know you've you've been in the industry for a short period of time um how do you feel like it's changed is the the industry developing have you noticed or you know is a little bit stagnant yeah i think i think like personally i think the afl's in this weird kind of state at the moment i think it's still got a lot of hangers on from like the historic it's got to look like this. It's football kind of thing. And mm-hmm. yet we've got this new generation of like TikTokers that are only interested in players and couldn't care less about the team. Yeah. Like they're after the celebrity and that kind of thing. So we're in this really weird mix at the moment. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, it's it, it's very interesting. Um, I think the elevation of women's sport has helped a lot as well, freshening yep. things up. Um, just because it's it's different, they're coming at it as, in a different way. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely fresh. That's that's one thing that I've noticed in my well, this is my third season. We didn't have a W team the first year that I was there, but up yeah. to now, like we just seem to be able to have just a little bit more fun in the men's space because their W team does it. It's like, oh, well, then the boys can do it as well. Like, it's okay. One for all, all for one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably the one thing that I've noticed. Yeah, it's interesting when – it's interesting. The perspective I got coming out of COVID, right, was when your hand is forced at something, it's amazing how adaptive or adaptive you can come to change um you know the analogy that you know most people can kind of resonate with is resonate with is the work from home thing right um yeah. you know so many companies were against working from home prior to covid but when the hand was forced all of these companies adapted and and whilst there is a bit of a push for a lot of people to come back to work now it's like but it is possible and you're actually a whole lot more productive when you do work from home, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny that you mention, you know, AFL kind of caught in this period at the moment of we're really fastly, you know, we're, we're traversing at such a, such a speed into a new era of technology, um, you know, AI, you know, modernate, modernization of a lot of art forms and, and stuff like that. But we're holding on to a lot of those traditions as well which you know you you argue that some of those traditions define the afl um but i suppose the example that i would use is the the white shorts policy right like i think it's it started to really be adapted all, all across a lot of sports now where the female teams aren't forced to to have you know the white shorts as the clash yep. um which in my mind it's never needed to be or at least not since color television anyway <laughs> um and so you know we've you know there's some teams that kind of jump around that rule anyway and and don't really fit into it but i you know you've kind of triggered something in me to to kind of pay more attention now as far as the women's game are there behaviors or habits or traditions that might slightly change now across the entire AFL landscape um, mm. to be modern. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think even like working on this, I'm working currently on next year's pride, like working with a couple of athletes with it. And like, we talk about like, Oh, this is traditional Port Adelaide. And it's like, we like that, but can we make it like a little bit us? Yeah. So it's like taking, it's like, yeah, we, we understand that we're part of a bigger thing, but at the same time, it's this is us it's a little bit different this is we're not that men's game we are the women's game and mm. kudos yeah, to you too for just grabbing the uh, aflw tagline there i think from last year maybe this is us surely this that's is us. yeah <laughs> oh you know the marketing machine that the <laughs> afl is just impregnates into your brain yeah um where what what does so i did kind of mention a little bit about the future what do you think the future of, of sports creative looks like? I think more interactive. It's for sure more interactive. Um, and especially I think what's accelerated that is we were, everyone, well, Melbourne was locked up for two years. You couldn't even see your own family. So whether that's using technology to get 
people in front of other people. Um, it's it's more one on one with athletes. I think I think you'll see less of like, hey, our whole team is going to be here. It's going to be more. Ollie Wines is down for mm. this and things like that. Um, and it's spending more time with people. Um, yeah, I, I really do feel like athletes in the AFL space will start being elevated, sort of like NBA style. Yeah, it's um, very interesting. Yeah, I think I think they're, they're realising how much more money that they can make being a brand versus being so-and-so uh, of a team. Part of a team, yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a dangerous space really, isn't it? Because, mm. well, I mean, we've seen it a lot with... Um, with the cricketers, you know, stepping away from the Alita or being a part of the Alita um, energy, you know, sponsorships. Um, yep. You know, we saw it in the netball, uh, the diamonds with Donnell Wallum um, being, you know, at the forefront of this conversation around um, Gina Reinhardt's company and, and the history there and, and the fallout of that. Um you, you, you're probably right. That is that is probably an evolution that is going to take place, and I don't even want to think about the nightmares that will be involved when you <laughs> when you're talking from a commercial partnership point of view, and you're trying to negotiate, yeah. you know, artwork for this logo to sit this way with a commercial partner, and then you've also got to go and consult <laughs> all the of these athlete. individual uh, athlete brands. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Nasty. Anything else there that you think? Um, it could be good. I I think I think we're seeing it like with brands doing it being more collaborative as well, like cross sports. I think mm-hmm. it's going to start happening a lot more. Like I know we did um because of MG is our sponsor, like our major partner, and then we've got a major partner of the Bunnies as well. We did like a little content series with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I start seeing like cross sort of codes kind of coming together. Um, and I think as clubs get bigger, I think you'll start seeing, I reckon, clubs buying other clubs in different sports. I I, I can really see that happening. It happens in Europe and it's massive. And, uh, yeah, I can really see that happening here. We're seeing it in cricket. You know, the uh, IPL has got teams, you know, across yep. the globe now. We're looking yep. at... Um, what is it? It's the um, who owns Melbourne, Melbourne City, the City Group. You know they've got teams across a few um, countries as well. So you're absolutely right. It's that corporate uh, monolith that um, that's that's impending. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's happening it's, across it's, the it's, entertainment space. It's happening across the the consumer space, and it will. Yeah. yeah, I think teams are going to become brands is basically the way it's it's going. And yeah, yeah whatever's going to come under your umbrella as a brand. Mate, I am conscious about time. I don't want to mm-hmm. suck up a lot of your time. So I'm going to probably fast track and, and expedite some of these questions a little bit that, that I have prepared for you. Maybe, um, you know, we'll look to, to finish up in the next 15 or something like that. Um, I did want to ask you um, good and bad trends. So um, are there things that you're seeing in the industry at the moment that um, you, you think are effective and, and you know, working well and maybe some things personally or, um, 
or otherwise that that maybe don't work yeah i i think the good is i think clubs are now jumping on that sort of look behind the curtain aspect of their club um and not leaving it like oh it's all so precious and things like that and seeing genuine connection um Mm -hmm. i think sometimes people forget like these are people it's like yes it's their job to play sport but they do go through ups and downs and they're there to support each other and it's kind of cool that we're actually starting to see that kind of stuff um yeah and that's also kind of i think it's nice that also it's not always polished we're not getting like the full documentary style into it. We just might get like a foot, like a three minute clip of just, and it could, could be caught on someone's phone, just an interaction of someone putting their arm around somebody else because they've announced their retirement and all that kind of thing. But it's literally just shot. That's what it was. Bang. There it is. It's just nice to see that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think that's like the US does that really well. Like they're 30 by 30, like docu- their documentaries, but it's that look behind. Um, I think that's something clubs can definitely leverage a lot more. And I think we're we're starting to see it a lot more. So I think that's definitely good for people. The bad, I think everybody's, I think, under-resourcing in sport, (laughs) I think, is is not great. Um, Creativity doesn't just happen. It does take time. Um, Yeah, it it does require space. We can get it done. We can get it done. But sometimes, yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit more. Yeah. behind us and helping us out um but i think most people would say that in everyday jobs so it's not the biggest problem when you Amazing think about it yeah um uh, yeah um what's your favorite port jersey my favorite as like not a port person we just wore it it's got to be the tribolt yeah um i oh, it's it's so good um it's just it's everything that Port Adelaide, like it's a lightning bolt. It's like block colours. It's just fantastic. Like there's nothing better. The SBS is not bad. That's mm. probably a close second. But the Tribolt, okay. when I talked to the, the merch um, guys and I, last year and I said, hey, are we doing a retro? And they said, maybe. And I'm like, okay, so we're doing the Tribolt? And they said, maybe. And I'm like, they picked the winner. So, um, yeah. I love it. I think our people love it. And we talk about different generations and that was definitely one that hit the right generation um, mm-hmm. and was much loved. Well, it was there on, on Inception, well, not Inception, but it was there on, you know, the birth of Port yeah. Adelaide AFL football oh. club, right? Like yeah. it's one yeah. of three that really began the whole thing. Whole thing. Yeah. And and the L one was a little bit of a nod to different versions of it as well like the number was taken from one version and the actual bolt was taken from another one so it was a bit of a blend Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't for the the purist you'd go that they don't match but um it was just just to show that the number on one was way better than the second version of it so that's why we kept it so yeah cool what are your what will we see the prison bar guernsey again do you think (laughs) Oh, we'll, we'll see it. Like, yeah, we, we, we did. We expect to see it this year, no, but we did. Like, yeah. it's. I think it's a, a year on year case. I think our case is strong for where, when we want to wear it and why we want to wear it. Yeah, it, it's our history. Like, you can't take that away from our club. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I think it's interesting that Collingwood has such a say in another club, considering the AFL owns all clubs. But isn't it? <laughs> it's it's it is what it is um and yeah 
Which, in an alternate timeline, um, yeah. it'd be interesting to see, <laughs> um, yeah, where everything sits. It's, yeah. Um, this year, what do you believe is the most impactful creative work that you've seen? I, I just stumbled across it and it's probably because I'm not like the biggest soccer world sport like follower, but that the rebrand of the EPL, mm-hmm. like I love like it's like uh, I think it's Nomad who did it, designed it. It's just they've got like on their website, they've got like the whole breakdown of how it works across all different things. And I think we were just talking about it before. It's like, hey, what would that graphic look like if it was nine by six or what it like different things like they break it down and how flexible it is and it's so vibrant and i don't know it's, it's a bit of design porn to be honest yeah um, like, i think this yeah, is a I bit of an it. a bit of an evolution yeah so i think this, this yeah it's definitely an evolution like yeah but it's the, the way that the brand works and inter and like it, it interacts with itself yeah and it, i just think it's just so clever like it's its own kind of organism it's, yeah. Yeah. I think they did themselves. A, I mean, it was very controversial at the time. I think we're coming on like nine or eight, you know, years ago, maybe more since, since this look and feel. But I think what they did was they really set themselves up for the modernization of, mm. you know, or the digitalization of um, sport. And um, yeah, it's, it's, they've kind of added onto it since then. Um, yeah, which is fair. I didn't really know that there was more activity on that, but um, I've got that link there now. We'll obviously include it in the show notes as well for people to have a look at. Um, any nominations for our podcast's awards? <laughs> I'll start with the worst, and I feel bad for potting another AFL club, but the Gold Coast Suns just need to do something like they're all they're going to do, but let's just go the home <laughs> one. Like it's a free hit and it's just, I just feel for them. It's just like they had to have every chance to do something cool. And it's just not like, what you're on would the you Gold, do? You're on the Gold Coast. Just make it so wacky. It doesn't even freaking like, it's so awful. Like go awful as in like badly designed. Okay. Lots of things going on. Like what the Gold Coast is like just tacky. <laughs> rather than uh, rather than a logo slap and yellow oh, it's, they're wanting it's, to be something that's traditional but they're not in a traditional they don't have, yeah yeah 100 percent. i can They've understand gotten, that so just be and you've got a free hit like you're in rugby territory like be something completely different okay so go full gradients and textures yeah. and go something really out there like oh. cityscapes and just something stupid. Like yeah. at least if you're gonna have make something ugly, at least have a crack at being ugly. Deliberately. Like just ugly. own it. I love it. Um, so yeah. Um and then for best, I know I'm a Phoenix man, but I think their new get uh jerseys for this coming season, I think it's a really clever blend of like the old and the new. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's yeah, it nods to the past with the future, just slapped it together and it looks really, really clean. Um, yeah, I think we had a look at this a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, NBA do a really good job with the textures as well. Obviously, they've got a whole lot more money to spend and there's a lot more revenue generated from these things, but 
um yeah the, just the, yeah, the even if you just pull it back as a design as well like just matching those two things together i think was really mm-hmm. cool it's just mm-hmm. rethinking something old in a new way which i think that's especially in australia i think we could learn so much from um, yeah just because you modernize it doesn't mean you're disrespecting the past you just it's just for a new market so for sure mm. um advice for people starting out or wanting to get into the industry just just design like anything and everything like i i started in industrial lighting and like i still use like patch techniques that i did for lightings to cover up scratches so do that with bruises and bumps now like it's you just just because you think it's a different industry the tools are the same they do the same thing you just apply them to different things yeah um but yeah just get the hours in um it, it makes such a difference and if you do your learning then and there once you get into the real world you'll learn again but you're not not catching up so you're learning new things um so yeah you do get the hours that you put in you definitely get rewarded back it's like it's like anything you can train for a marathon you could be able to run it but if you don't train for the marathon you won't be able to run so you've run out of gas so same thing um uh and we're always trying to expand our community here who are our followers our listeners who should they be following well i've got a couple so the first one would be uh, it's carl shakur yeah um so he's like a video editing dude and he's got a wicked camera but then he also shows you most of the times how to do it on iphone and he doesn't like go you need to download this app to do this and that kind of thing like and yep. he just makes entertaining videos and then they're so easy and it's so different. So he's definitely one that he gets me out of like that creative like space. He's mm-hmm. definitely a thinker. There's another one, Land Force. He's, I don't know how to describe him, but <laughs> he goes and looks into like deep dives into where people source their like products from. And he's into golf. So he's, he bases it around a golf brand, like his golf brand. Okay. Um, but he'll find out where the top golf places are sourcing their bags and things like that. Then he'll run you through how to do a presentation of how to like change them for your brand, how to get, it's just bizarre kind of viewing and it's just creative. Um, so if you want to, like, if you would like to buy products and all that, you could do the same thing. It doesn't have to be golf stuff. You yeah. can use the same things to buy tennis balls if you, that was your thing. Um, so he's kind of cool if you were wanting to build and sell product. I think I'd give him a, a follow. Yep. Um, Phoenix Suns creative manager. Her name's Selena. I'm not sure how to pronounce her handle, but um, I think you'll see a lot of her things that she's created for that brand. You'll you've start seeing in other brands like Richmond FC, AFL copied some of her elements and things like that. So she's definitely one to follow. Um, Michael Irwin Co. He's like a logo designer in the nfl i think he recently did the cult logo oh yes the one that's um, got the um the state silhouette yeah in the negative in the, space yep yeah so and he shows you sort of like he'll show you like all these like sketches and you go far out like i wish i had the time um but <laughs> yeah. it's kind of cool he'll give you he doesn't just give you the flashy hey this is what it looks like on the helmet he goes here's how many iterations of the arch of the charges logo they did and you go like how many can you do so that's yep. really cool to see behind. Um, and then my mate, um, Matt Sampson from Port Adelaide, 
is our digital content guru guy and he's just funny and creative and I don't think he has a degree in photography or anything but if you go on his page he's um some absolute wicked stuff it's a really beautiful beautiful shot there um uh, I've just scooted past it and the Instagram pop-ups come up on me now but um it's a really blacked out photo with a teal football um I think it's maybe about six rows down or something like that as we're recording at the moment it's a beautiful shot actually Oh, yeah. Just get different angles and you get that behind the scenes kind of look. Um, yeah, he's just he's just creative and he's just a meme creator as well. And, like, if you saw our WhatsApp group, some of the stuff he says, very funny, man. But, yeah, just kind of yeah. cool. Just any post, any post like that behind the scenes stuff. So if you're Port Nuffy, definitely give him a follow. Excellent. Awesome, mate. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you um, donating, geez, close to two hours of your your time for myself and the podcast and and the listeners. Um, I think you summed it up um, pretty well here. Be proud of what you make and keep going was something that you mentioned really early on. And um, I think that's something really positive and strong to stand by because in our industry, you're going to get criticism no matter where you go. <laughs> you know, sometimes this podcasting included, but um, own it, I think is the main thing. And, and yeah. you, you yourself know deep down whether it's, whether it's right or, or not right or perfect or imperfect and the reasons behind that and um, just keep going. I love it. I really love it. Yeah. Mate, cool. thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, any last words? No, I don't think so. I think no. I've talked. I think I've talked enough. <laughs> awesome. Right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review and and five stars on your preferred podcast catcher. If you want to get in touch, you can fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com or via Instagram fieldofdesignpodcast. We'll endeavour to get the episode um, visual guide up on our Instagram, where you can view the episode blog at thefieldofdesign.com. Uh, Until next time, thank you so much, Josh. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye.